Hi everybody, this is Lindsay with Tea Time with Linz, a podcast about creatives. This week I am joined with Tamara Wilder. Before I get started, just a huge um, shout out to Poe the Passenger again for their intro music. And I asked Twitterverse for some advice for a friend who is going back into acting after a humongous break of absence. And I just asked Twitter, I said, actors, what piece of advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in pursuing acting regardless of age or just getting back into it after a long break. So I actually got a lot of people respond. So I'm just going to take like three today and then I'm going to do the rest the next week and the week after because there's quite a lot. And it's really sound advice and I think this could go for anybody. So the first one is from Terry D at Toffee Tezer. And he says, don't disregard expenses, only student films. Many get IMDb listed, so are good for your CV and getting on Spotlight. They are also great for keeping your hand in with learning scripts and being on set. Always remember, these students are the TV and filmmakers of the future. And I could absolutely not agree more. If you can find um, students that are in their third year doing their thesis projects and their final year projects, those projects are really, really going to be incredible. Uh, the next piece of advice is from Shannon Corbet, and that's at Shannon Corbet on Twitter and I believe on Instagram. And Shannon says, understand that being talented isn't enough. Working actors have spent years learning their technical and professional aspects of this business. Before wasting money on your first probably useless headshots, take scene study and audition prep classes and do branding workshops. I couldn't agree more. I feel like if you know your brand and you know what market your niche is, then your headshots will definitely be able to reflect that. But if you go and do headshot sessions not knowing your branding, then it's just kind of, I don't know, not, I don't want to say redundant, but you're just going to do a branding workshop or whatever, and then you're going to be like, oh, I'd wish I'd known that before. So that's a very fantastic advice from Shannon Kobe. And the last one for today is from Nick Martin at Nick Martin 26. Start a at a beginner's course and work your way up and then take all of the work that you can find. So there we go. And I will continue with more advice from this thread that I did next week. All right. So like I said, today we have Tamara Wilder, actress and performer and owner of award winning interactive entertainment company, Blackwatch Entertainment. You can Google them on www.blackwatchentertainment.co.uk. And they were recently on Channel 5 Celebrity Murder Mystery. And this is a fantastic example of when you're not consistently working or getting auditions, create your own work. It may not be exactly what you want to do at that exact time, but it's going to move you to the next level. It's going to move you forward. You have no idea who you're going to meet at these shows. And also, it's going to be really fucking fun. So, without further ado, Tamara Wilder. Sippy! Oh, I love that mug. Such a child, I know. Growing up as sophisticated. Or not, <laughs> as the case may be. I haven't actually seen you since drama school. And that was in 2008. Was it 2008 or 2007? Seven to eight. That's... I'd, that kind of blows my mind a little bit. 
<laughs> it's been so long. Well, I think also as soon as in 2008, that's when Katie and I moved to LA. I and then I don't. Wow. Yeah. And I wasn't obviously planning on being here this long. <laughs> Crazy. I you know what? It's funny because when she said it, I was just like, LA, New York. And then I went to LA and as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, this is fucking brilliant. So then I just extended my visa and did all that stuff. So it's been so long since I've seen you. So I know you've been busy doing like plays and you've done a bunch of commercials. Yeah. So I, I know all that, like, I, I don't know the extent of it. So why don't you fill us in? Well, like any actress, it's been difficult, I suppose. I mean... Work is the same wherever, whether you're in London or in LA or New York or wherever, unless you're the right sort of person, it's, it's hard, isn't it? You know, yeah. and being a woman and being over 30, you might as well, unless you've, unless you've got like something about you, like one leg and a hump. It's really, really <laughs> hard. No, honestly, if I had like a dodgy eye or like, it's really damn hard. And it, and it don't get no easier, do you know? And so, you know, you left drama school, did all the things that people do, and you try to get an agent and la, 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 la. And you you go one of two ways, I think, don't you? You you either give up or you carry on, I suppose, is one of those things. And it's not like, I don't know about you, but like when I went to drama school, I, I didn't go, go, oh, my God, I just, I just want to be, like, so successful. That's why I'm going. It was just a case of, like, well, we'll see what happens. And then generally what happens is not a lot. So you start going, oh, Christ, I need, to, I need to work, you know. Yeah. And so I guess since then, I suppose the one thing they did teach us, I suppose, at Central was the thing about don't wait for the phone to ring because it probably won't. So get out and do your own stuff. And by hook or by crook, that's what's happened. Yeah, I yeah. mean, of course, I've done all the things that, that any jobbing, jobbing actress does, <laughs> like, less jobs more kind of just shuffling around and stuff and commercials and change agents and done all that sort of stuff and yeah done plays and been and did all sorts of stuff and then I guess I can't remember where maybe about 10 years ago I was doing the stuff that everyone does I was working on a million and one different things and I started doing a whole lot of murder mystery stuff and then I met what was now my ex-business partner and we started to think about what we could do. We approached the cruise lines and we did some work on with them as guest entertainers, which was great because you get to see the world and get paid for it and perform. And, you know. uh -huh. and I never really did much of that doing fringe theatre, you know, where, you know, you perform. And I remember going to see a friend of mine quite a few years ago at the King's Head in Islington, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a proper good fringe theatre and they pay you and everything. Yeah. And literally, there was like five people in the audience. <sighs> and I thought, I don't know if I could do this, you know. Yeah. It's brutal. It is. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's so funny because I think that's what I took away from Central as well, is just creating your own content and like just creating your own work because... Um, there's this guy called Simon Fielding and I'm not sure I think he's from Essex but I went to see a panto in Basildon that's where my sister lives and it's at the Townsgate Theatre and every single year he produces directs and is in the panto and he usually plays like buttons or like whatever like that character 
And my brother-in-law was kind of saying something about it. And I was like, uh-uh, this guy is smart as fuck because every single year for like a month and a bit, he has work, like a paid gig at a fucking brilliant theater. And I'm like, he is smart as <sighs> So yeah, I think the whole central thing about not waiting for the phone to ring and getting out there and doing your own stuff. I think that's yeah. literally probably the best thing an actor could do. So is that when you started Black Watch Entertainment? Yeah, we did. And it wasn't like this is I'm going to be, you know, creating my dreams, like life's work. But I needed to do something where I didn't have to do another job, basically, because yeah. it's exhausting. You do all the school stuff and you do all this other stuff. And that's great. And I didn't want to teach. I was, I mean, I've done it, but I didn't want to do it. So we started that. And then from there, people then were like, well, could you create this? Could you do that? And because we came from the background of creating and devising. Yeah. It was kind of bridging that gap between going, okay, well, over there is stuff that is artistically fantastic, but no one will ever watch. You know, three people and a dog will go and see it. Amazing, oh, fantastic, wondrous, yeah. but no one will ever see that. And then over there is just kind of like taking a risk as a producer. And I don't mm -hmm. want to do that either because that's a risk. So in the middle, it's like the corporate world in many ways. And what started to happen is that we were quite, and it happened every so often where people would go, we wanted to bespoke something. Can you create something? Mm -hmm. Start to create experiences. And people like John Lewis would go, well, look, we've got this roof garden. So on the, and I didn't know it existed. On the roof garden of John Lewis and Oxford Street, it's just, mm -hmm. We've gotten, and they were like, "Can we do something for Halloween? And can we create it like because oh, we've wow. done poisons?" So we're like, "Yeah, why don't we do this? And then why don't we link the food in so that everything potentially could kill you?" And you know, so we started to create these these sort of immersive experiences. That's so fun. Right, I, really I love fun. going to stuff like that. Yeah, well, then because of course, then when we were at drama school, that was like punch drunk and stuff was at their infancy to some degree, wasn't it? Yeah, it like right early on. Now everyone's kind of gone, you know, the bubble has burst a little bit with particularly with the pandemic and immersion and all that jazz. Uh -huh. And I guess then, and it's it just going to grow from there really. And so the bread and butter stuff would pay for itself, which was fine, corporate stuff and, you know, people's parties and all of that sort of stuff and employing actors and doing all that sort of stuff. But then the more creative stuff was what can we do to push forward in terms of creating work, particularly for new audiences as well. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that you kind of go, well, I want to give up all my hopes and dreams. And like, oh, you know, I, 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 of course, you know, what if someone, you know, if I got a great audition tomorrow, that would be amazing. But, but it, is it something just to keep you flowing and keep your like creativeness going? Yeah. So I, that's the thing that I love because I'm just like, you're not, just doing like an admin office job which I've done multiple times you're actually doing something that just feeds you do you know what I mean absolutely and you never know when it's when something's going to come from it and you never know who's in the audience either that's exactly it so we did we did a job for it was, it was a small um it was when American Horror Story launched one of their shows mm -hmm. and they were like want to do something for journalists because like the dvds are coming out and can you do this and so we created this again very bespoke very small immersive event and 
and people see stuff and people talk and and particularly yeah. nowadays with like bloggers and vloggers and all the rest of it you want to get those influences on your side that mm-hmm. kind of go I love you do this amazing and then I suppose most recently two things have happened one was we started working with um we got some funding to do a project using AR and VR so mm-hmm. augmented reality and virtual reality because the big thing now is about how you use technology to start to get new audiences because yeah the big blockbusters will always be what they are yeah. but then you know traditional theater audiences kind of dwindling a little bit unless it's something like you know Hamilton or Wicked or something yeah um and that's taken us into a digital area of sort of digital storytelling and creating work with live actors and you know kind of tech which ain't my bag at all do you know I'm like no just give me the lines and tell me where to stand that's what I can do uh-huh. But you start going into new areas. And again, I suppose coming back to Central, the bit that that we do, that other people don't do so much of, is having that kind of fearless thing of being up close and personal with an audience. Yeah. I do remember that. And I do remember just, like, it didn't even matter if you just, I mean, it's so funny. I remember, I remember you saying this to me at Central. We were putting a group together. And I don't think what we were doing was going the way we thought it was going to go and you just turned to me and you went do you ever feel like you're always just in the shit group (laughs) because I just felt I'm always the shit group and I just was just like yeah I do (laughs) because there was a time where I was just like why why does this always happen to me um but this was this was just like an exercise. It wasn't like one of the big projects that we were doing. It was just yeah. like in Aisha's group where she was just like pair off or like do like groups of five and do and I can't even I vaguely remember what we were doing. I vaguely remember it, yeah. Oh god. But I do remember the projects we did at Central. And I just will I will say like it wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't what I thought I was signing up for, but it did open my eyes to like what other stuff is out there and just how people take that little nugget and just run with it like there was oh fucking hell what is that there was another group punch drunk and oh my god there's i'm totally blanking there was another group and they were so big at the time and I, we went to see it we went to see their show and i oh like assembly or like one of those type people yeah i i, I feel like it was I feel like their show was like Cabana something. Like for some reason, I can't think. Shunt. Do you remember Shunt? Was it a Shunt? Yeah. Yes. Do. Yeah. And I just remember being like, okay, like I get it. Um. And I see how that could lead to the next thing, but it just I don't know. Sorry, my internet's gone a bit wonky. Okay, this is interesting. It's a bit pretentious, but it's okay. Yeah, but I definitely saw like the potential and I definitely saw like there were actors in those performances who I was just like, they're really good, you know? Um, and they I just... think it wasn't my bag, you know? It was like, it's all right. It's just a bit... Yeah. Okay, but I think maybe in reflection, you take away something more. I just wanted to, I didn't, I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to do that at that time. Yeah. You know? But... Wait. 
it's just really interesting because I just remember watching some of that stuff and just being like, this is just exactly what you just said. This isn't what I signed up for. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I can appreciate it. But what I feel like what you're doing is so completely, I feel like you've taken like little bits of like shunt and all that stuff. And then you've kind of molded it into something so commercial so that everybody can enjoy it. So it's not something where you yeah. walk away and you're just like, what the fuck was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff I saw that was like, what the fuck was that? And yeah. that was like, is this just, this is just people just patting themselves on the back and going, oh, this is just like so artistic. <laughs> but I know I wasn't really interested in the art stuff. I was just, just like, I just, no, I just, you know, give a job on EastEnders. I'm quite happy with that. That's but... literally what I wanted. I was just like, hey, yes. <laughs> But that's exactly it. I'm like, and I can't say this in front of all these people that go, you know, I really like the little certain level. It's like, this isn't, sorry, I feel like it, this is not me, but I have to pretend it's me because everyone else is like. Was, I know exactly what you mean. And there was, do you remember, there was a guy called James who one time we were standing on the steps and somebody asked him what a dramaturg was. And he said, he was just like, if you don't know what a dramaturg is, you shouldn't be doing a master's. And I was like, oh, hey, fuck off, calm down. Like, That's just wind your neck in. Like, but I just felt oh. like there were so many people like that on that course. And I'm just like, all right. Like, I get what it is. I get it. But I get what it is. But I think I'm like, I'm like the person you're going to look down on because I'm like, to be honest, I just want to be on the standards. I just want to. But now I think, yeah, I think the world's moved on and things have changed and yeah. people's desires for what they want as entertainment has changed. And But it, you know what? You, you never lose that feeling. Me and this girl I work with, Bernie, were at this, this thing where we had those 20 artists and we were like, oh, for now. <laughs> they were all kind of going, yeah, and it's like, what is the... And we're just like, our, our shows like GCSE drama. I felt like we were back at drama school presenting in front of Aisha in that bloody room. And I was like, <laughs> we were honestly like the two GCSE drama kids at the back just being like, but because our stuff is commercial. And we were like, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not too proud for that. It's okay. It's all right to turn around and say, I'm going to make some money out of it because, because that's, that's okay. That's all right. So now like I've got to this point where you've got to, you've got to start thinking about what you're going to make you know like you look at people that have done their own stuff like I, I don't know if you saw um I May Destroy You yeah oh my god obsessed with it obsessed I mean but like Michaela Cole yeah who did done before that yeah she comes from the same sort of place she's like a you know an East London hackney girl and just kind of started doing kind of performance poetry because she didn't know what else to do and yeah and all and her and chewing gum came from her final piece of drama school and I feel like now that's much more of a route or a little bit more of a route yeah you know I mean I'm sure LA is the same as the UK you know you're sitting around waiting for a casting director to call you in you go in there's thousands of other people you go in you spend five minutes oh yeah exactly yeah. And get cast for the same roles time and again. Yeah. You know, and I cannot tell you how many mums I've played. <laughs> I hu- I'm a hugging mother. All I do is hug people. I mean, my show was just full of various mothers just going. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. And like what you were saying about going to the castings and there being so many other people, like you're just like, it's a fucking cattle call. And I think when, because I do remember in drama school, I was writing stuff and getting stuff, trying to get stuff done, but no one 
really was into it. And I was just like, okay, it's just not the right crowd. Um, just, you know, <laughs> you get it. Um, and then, so I definitely feel that creating your own work, just it for me, it keeps me sane. Does like it? it ke- yeah, it just, because I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to wait for an audition. I now have something to look forward to. And so, so when you, like for you, when you, obviously you, you left and went to LA and stuff like that. I mean, that must be even more brutal than it is here in terms of casting. It's interesting because you kind of, when I first moved over, it was very, very overwhelming. But then I realized that everybody is so different. Every actor acts differently. They look like even, because Katie and I at the beginning, because obviously both blonde, both from Essex, we were both like, oh my God, are we going to go up for the same roles? And I was just like, you know what? We probably will, but there's no way that, like we're both just so different. Like, right. So you could literally walk into a casting room and before you even speak, they're going to be like, that's who we want just for just from your yeah. presence and so then I then I started realizing I was just like okay this isn't actually a competition with people it's more of a competition with yourself yeah because you're not competing with other people because like say for example you and I go in for the mum role we're gonna act completely different you're yes. brunette you're different height different do you know what it's, it's, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as I got into that mindset I was just like fuck it like some it's gonna happen when it happens and it just it freed me up a lot and it just kind of made me a bit more I don't know just like super open about things and when people would move to LA I'm just like let me know if you need any help or advice or whatever instead of because you know there's so many of those people are so secretive it's like relax fucking calm down it's so true it's so it's so annoying because I'm just like we're never gonna be going for the same things and if we are then I'm not stealing your role if I book it you're not stealing my role if you book it it was obviously for you and you're not you're not there's nothing that you can do even if you do go for the same role which invariably you won't do anyway yeah I mean on the rare occasion I've bumped into friends three or four times when I've walked into a commercial casting and you know one of them I went for I mean this is how stupid it is my agent was like, yeah, they're looking for people with really big hair. Great, fantastic, I'll get it. And I walk in there and I see the first girl I see is a mixed race girl with a close crop. I'm like, well, they clearly don't know what they're looking for then, do they? They don't. And as soon as so, they see it, they know, but... It's, it's a catapult. It's a huge catapult. But like, I feel once you get start going to the smaller auditions, like the co-stars, the guest stars, like all that, you yes. do start seeing the same people. Yes. And then it becomes fun because yeah. you're just like oh if I don't get it I want you to get it like Katie and I went yeah. to the same audition and I saw her name on the on the list and I texted and I was just like oh I'm going in for the audition that you just had it was just a co-star on I can't the show got cancelled I can't even remember what it was called and she was just like oh my god if you book it please book it because if I don't book it I want you to book it and I was like I feel the same way because it, it's just then it's fun you know what but I mean that brings into a really different thing which is a really nice thing about the industry is it as, as, as a whole and who you've got around you because oh yeah so I, I think that's really really important that you've got because it's really flaky isn't it and there are oh people my gosh. Who are like talking to you but looking over your shoulder to see if there's someone more interesting or more useful to you you know and I think as you get older you realize it doesn't really matter like 
like if we went to the same audition and you got it or I get it or someone else, it doesn't matter so much. And so yeah. you might all have people around you that have got your back. And I think that I don't know. I just it's a really it's a really tough industry at the best of times. So you've got to really be cautious about who's around you like I don't know about you but when I first left drama school and started going to auditions or started working with people quite quickly well I don't know about you but I, I certainly kind of was like oh god that person's really boring they're just banging on about who their agent is and you know what they've done recently and I'm like I don't give a shit I don't care I don't know you so I don't really care that you've been in a commercial with so-and-so or you've yeah. just why are you telling me this it's not interesting to me you know and then you kind of weed those people out of your life I mean you know you might bump into them or whatever but really and you suddenly realize that actually the people that you are that you do surround yourself with the core that are not like that that are supportive and that would help you or and that's a really nice feeling so about a year and a half ago, we were asked to do this thing on Channel 5. So it's a saw that, yes. Yeah. So that was, was cool. It was really cool. So um, Just really the- quickly for the listeners, because I don't know if we explained yeah, it, but right. Blackwater Entertainment, they do like, you do murder mysteries, but you do all sorts of genres. And it's just, there's so like 1920s. Yeah. And, and also through COVID, you've been doing it online, which is brilliant because you've been working. Like, crazy 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 times at the moment we've done about 750 virtual live shows that honestly it blows my mind it's amazing it's it's, it's so, so normal now it's like that's what i do <laughs> but, like, but but i do also don't want to be stuck in that rut because once you get known for something you get stuck and i didn't want to i always wanted to kind of up the ante of what we do uh-huh. so it's stuff yeah but it's scripted and you know and it's it's structured really well and so because of that that led to do this thing for you know, network channel five. And yeah. they asked us to co-write. So we would write the drama and they would sort out the celebrities. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they we they were like, can you help cast? It's like, yeah, hell yeah. Obviously you get to cast yourself, of which course. I would never get those roles. I would yeah. never be in a period role. And that was quite interesting because I said to Bernie that I work with, I don't, I don't want to be seen to be really unfair. She's like, well, I'll lead the, the casting. But essentially, I've got to cast my mates, you know, and sit for a week on, on a film set or, a, well, it wasn't, it was a big country house in the middle of, the, you know, England and all very, very pretty. And have a nice week with my friends, which was yeah. lovely. Um, but it was an opportunity that would never, ever, ever, ever have come my way. Yeah. So that was so- my but that again, just going back to the power of creating your own stuff and the power of just producing and writing and getting yourself work because mm. it is difficult out there. And if you don't want to keep playing the mum, then that's the way to go. And like you said, you you feel like you would never be put in a period drama. I feel like you're perfect for period. There so. is no earth I would get it. I, I don't have the right look. I don't have the right... I just wouldn't get it. I just, they would never see it, you know? Yeah, so yeah. the headshot, they kind of go, mm, yoga mum or, you know, running. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you name it, and I've done it, but I, I, I just wouldn't get it. Um, and and so, yeah, I think there is a lot of power in that. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of power in creating. And and as you said, it's like, even if he doesn't lead anywhere, it kind of doesn't matter. You're keeping yeah. the cogs turning. Yeah. And it's, it's really, I don't know, 
how you feel about this, but I, I remember I did a web series. It was like 2015. It didn't really do what I wanted it to do, but I had so much fun. It was probably like one of the funnest experience I've had on really? like just because I hired, like I was paying, I got funding for it. I got funding through just a bunch of different avenues. I funded a bunch of it myself. So oh. I was paying everybody. I was paying like the cast, the crew, because I wanted, you know, I hate when you're just like free job for actors and it's just like fucking pays, pay us. I know, I know. Uh, and it's just like, so I wanted it to be like, even if it was like a small amount, I just wanted everyone to have something. And it was so fun and it was a week worth of shooting. And I just remember just after it, I was just like, that was probably the funnest experience. And I was Amazing. like, and it just, I really enjoyed hiring people and like seeing people at work and knowing that I'd got people like their Screen Actors Guild cards and which is so fucking hard to get. And yeah. I was like, oh, that worked because people would come up to me after and be like, oh my God, thanks. And I'd be like, what for? And they'll be like, oh, actually, <laughs> actually. So for you, it must feel so even more incredible that you've given people jobs as well during covid during the lockdown i'm like to me that is like i mean it keeps on giving really it really is i mean you always get the ungrateful bastards don't get me wrong and (laughs) people i mean there always is and you know there's like this and you're like um yeah and i think someone said to me once you know what you take a job for a number of reasons it's either kicks kudos or cash Mm -hmm. And if it's not meeting one of those three things, why would you do it? And sometimes it is for the fun, the love, the joy, you know, and why not? The kind of why not factor. This is a bit of a giggle, a bit of a laugh. And I suppose when I started this business off, that was it. It was like, this will give me the freedom to go and do that, whatever that is, um, while I wait for the phone to ring. Mm -hmm. I mean, how often does your agent ring? I mean, you know, I think they've rung once this year twice this year it's very very rare um, my agent <laughs> I mean you know, just, yeah, some people so for a while I am um, I was in a co-op you know uh-huh. where you oh yes doing, yeah. and that was really interesting yeah. really interesting. I think if I were in London I'd definitely do that it was so interesting because you'd kind of sit there and look at the wall and be like why is he or she getting called in four times a week but they're not at all yeah and it was just so arbitrary so it's, arbitrary it really is interesting because it's so to do with your looks to do with this to do with that and I just it really this you just don't know what people are looking for and it, it all comes back down to that it really is like at the moment there's a certain look that people want and I don't have that so that's a massive disadvantage being a woman gives you a lot less advice, unless you're in your twenties and very beautiful, but then there's loads of people in their twenties and very beautiful. So, and then, you know what I mean? Like the the number of actresses around that are very attractive and in their twenties, there's loads of roles for them, but you know, they're 10 a penny. Or you're a man, Mm -hmm. because they'll be the, the, the protagonist. You might be his wife, you know, but you won't, but you won't be a strong female role. I mean, it's getting, better-ish slowly um but writers are not writing for for women over 35 gee you might as well be dead there's not a lot around so you kind of think well what can I get well I'll mop up the bits where all the other actresses have given up because because a lot of people do give up so many people give up 
Well, I mean, think back, think, oh, not even our class at drama school. How many people uh-huh. still do? I think there's tons of people that have given up. I, it's, do you know what? It's so funny because I used to hang out. I don't know if you remember Dere. He was on the yeah. screen. Yes. Oh, God, weird enough, because we connected on LinkedIn, his LinkedIn came in, up to, it popped up. Mm. Bizarrely enough. That's so funny. So... I'm still in contact because we went to university together before we went to drama school and he's and he's been doing immersive stuff and so I actually told him I was just like you should reach out to tomorrow um and the stuff like the stuff he tells me he's doing I'm just like honestly if I were in London I'd be like doing that so in a heartbeat because it sounds like so much fun he's like the days are grueling the days are long but he's just like it's so rewarding and I'm like it just sounds like so much fun um so I know he's still going. I know a lot of, I know, I probably know about, I think there was about 15 people in the screen acting course. And I'm going to say there's probably about seven who I still know are actively. Okay. It's quite, it's quite a lot from our course. I don't even know. I couldn't, I know Katie. I, I, know you are. I don't think many people are. I couldn't tell I you. Think. I think people have just kind of got phased. I think maybe people are still vaguely within the industry, but not certainly not acting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's tough. It is tough. And like you said, you do hit a certain age and you're just like, well, okay then. Um, but I just, I don't know. If it, if this is going to sound really weird. <laughs> and I don't know if you believe in this stuff. But when I first moved here the first time, I was on Venice Beach and there was this woman she looked like a mermaid she had this huge like blonde curly blonde hair and she looked like a fucking crazy bag of nuts but I was drawn (laughs) to her (laughs) she was doing tarot readings and there was lots of people doing tarot readings and I was like I'm going to do one with her and she told me that I would be older when it started happening for me and so I kind of that, I don't know, she told me about a bunch of stuff that I was just like, oh, that's actually kind of true. Like she was like, you're going to leave this place, but you're always going to come back and you're going to travel somewhere. Like anyway, she, it's, it's the stuff she told me, I was just like, hmm, interesting. And so then now I'm like, hmm, is it my time now? Because I am kind of old now. I think once you get past your 20s, your class is old. I don't feel old. I feel like a fucking kid still. I know it's so bizarre isn't it's it so weird like I feel more I feel younger now than I did when I was at drama school you know what I mean like I definitely wasn't taking myself as seriously <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean I think you lose all of that you're like oh, I can't be asked with it all mm-hmm. I cannot be asked with all the bullshit around it so I'll just shrug it off it doesn't matter it does yeah. not matter now and I think I think some people do have to wait a little bit to just kind of get find their niche yeah and I guess I guess even more so in LA because everything is so looks orientated it is and then but then this is the other thing too I feel like it depends on what you're going for because oh. I watch a lot of tv just because obviously pandemic and like this is what I want to be doing so I'm hmm. trying to watch as much stuff as I can just to see who I recognize more than once in like a TV show, who like for co-stars and guest stars, like I just like to see the repetitiveness of like who I can see popping up. And yeah. it's really interesting because when you really start digging into that stuff, you're like, oh, 
this lady is short, red hair, um, like tubby, older. And you're just like, huh. But she pops up all the time. And then you see this guy who's bald, thick, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, oh, he's working all the time. And so you see the character actors. Yeah. You feel those type of people. And you're just like, right. So there is, and that gives me hope because I'm just like, I don't class myself as the Nicole Kidman type people. And I'm like, that's fine because Nicole Kidman's Nicole Kidman. No one's going to be Nicole Kidman. Exactly. Um, Nicole Kidman. And that's totally fine. And it's like, that's not what I'm striving for. I'm striving just to like do the continual co-stars and guest stars and just be working. Yeah, and exactly. So, yeah. So to me, when I first came to LA, I thought the exact same thing of like, oh my God, everyone's going to be like size double zero super gorgeous blah 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 but then you get here and you're just like oh the people who really take it seriously are like first of all they're really good because they're taking it seriously but they're all different shapes all different sizes and you're just like okay you just really interesting because um well two things really one we went to LA we just happened to be driving we went we did a little bit of a road trip a couple of years ago and I was a bit like oh god we're gonna get to LA and everyone's gonna be like yeah tri- triple zero boobs out to here highlighted you know blonde 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 and all like this and actually it wasn't like that at all yeah it, it was just like I think London's become more like LA that you imagine to be than LA is I think yeah. London's ventures now and I think you get a lot more bad surgery in London oh, <laughs> you know I mean I've walked <laughs> things before and you know when you're just like oh god you know there's no point kind of asking about with your face because that's not going to get you work yeah oh so yeah work but it's going to be quite limiting you know yeah. actually they want the character faces mm-hmm. they want that so once you start playing around with all of this stuff you're actually going to do yourself a disservice I think oh, absolutely. thing. and I think that's quite interesting it's just it's just the writers need to write for more diverse characters yeah. across the whole board. And it's interesting. I was talking to my sister who works in film mm-hmm. and she was saying, well, the thing is, it's where the talent's being nurtured. So they're all kind of like young and, you know, male. So they're writing the kind of stock characters. They're not thinking outside of the box and going, why can't this be a woman? Why can't this be you know, a younger guy or an old guy, whatever, they're just writing the kind of stock. So it has to be kind of grassroots level up. Yeah. And that's when it gets really interesting is when you start looking at the writers and what they're writing for. And if they can start bringing in more characters, more character roles. And, and you know, good drama is all about the character. It's not, I mean, the, the narrative and the plot will come, but people are interested in people. So yeah. if we're reflecting a more diverse society through the characters that are being created, then we should end up with more interesting characters. It is happening slowly with things like, I mean, I May Destroy It was is just beyond. It's fantastic. That, that show, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I was just like, this is just exactly this, the type of content that I like to create as well, or like try to, and just the stuff that I'd want to be doing. And I'm just like, oh my God. Um, yeah, it's but- amazing. But then you look at people like Frances McDermott and you're just like, she has been consistently working, but she's definitely not the Hollywood molded actress. No. Fantastic. She's literally like mind-blowing amazing. 
It's interesting, though, because that, if you look at someone like her and even someone like, say, Sigourney Weaver, you know, uh, you look at European film and European series, which we're, we're all becoming much more au fait with, with Netflix being what it is. You know, it's, it's quite it's quite easy now, isn't it, to sit and watch a world drama series. Yeah. And, and European cinema, it, it doesn't, it's not the Hollywood glamour and glitz. You know, yeah. there's people wrinkles there's people with cellulite there's people with you know crunched up faces and you know they're character actors yeah um and that's great because they're taking the character first and then the look before they're not I mean they're not you know hideous but they're just normal people yeah reflect- just normal people yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. it's funny because I remember before I moved to LA like this time I was living in Muswell Hill and my flatmate we were just we were, I can't remember what we were watching but Oh, I think I, I think we were watching something on Helen Mirren. And then I was just like, oh, you know, I probably would get Botox one day. Because I think Helen Mirren was like, I think she was, it was an interview and she was talking about Botox. And then Lucy was just like, um, uh, 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 you're an actor. Because I've got these lines underneath. I've got like crow's feet from like laughing and all that stuff. I've had exactly. them, but I've had them since I was like 19. <laughs> and I'm just like, they've never gone away. And I'm just like, so even when I was 23, people thought I was like 27, 28. And I'm like, fucking hell. Um, but you know what? Like exactly what you're saying about the plastic surgery. I'm just like, there's no way in hell I'd do it. I thought about it for a second. And then I was just like, actually, why would I do that? So because I feel like those quirks and those bits of ourselves that we don't like, other people are going to be like, we, that's what we want. And even though that hasn't happened to about this time last year, I went to the commercial and uh-huh. um, it, was, it was like for over three days, we shot loads of different things. There were six of us or eight of us, I can't remember. And we were just ordinary, we're just ordinary people doing ordinary things. Uh-huh. On one day they said, oh, we've got this Katie Price lookalike. Well, it actually turned out she wasn't so much, but she represented that look. So she represented a lot of plastic surgery bimbo style. Uh-huh. Like, oh my God, what's this girl gonna look like? <laughs> Onto, she was with Ugly's agency, which you know represents kind of all sorts of people. We're like, and um, and this girl walked in, and there's like us, which was a myriad of kind of normals. She walked in, and she was just like so bizarrely different because she had. And she was, she was great. She was like, you know, they were like, can you, I don't know, do whatever. She's like, what, with these lip fillers, I can't close my mouth. You know, she was like, she's yeah. totally self-appreciating about it. But all of her work was based on that look. So yeah. if you want someone to look like, you know, the big black lips and yeah. the, she's a girl. Yeah. But she's not going to play, you know, the detective or she's not going to play the woman who's going through an existential crisis because yeah. she looks like, you know, um, so you, I guess you're limiting yourself, aren't you? And surely what you want to do as a performer is to be able to open up your opportunities. Yeah. And we can only do what we can do with what we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it comes down to, and I'm sure this must be the same in LA as well, is that casting directors will typecast you. So they don't have, they don't kind of go, well, she looks good. I mean, if she had, we could put a wig and she'd have dark hair, that would work. They're just going to look at it and go like, no, 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 no. So you've got to constantly you know be aware of who you are and that's the thing that working being in the in the um, co-op makes you do it makes you mm-hmm. really self-aware of kind of going I am this type yeah. I can play x y and z and I feel like that's a really valuable thing because I remember when I first moved out here people would I would do these like classes 
and you would stand up and like people would be like this is you're a librarian you're a doctor you're period drama you're this and you'd get like five different things from it right. and I remember at the beginning I was just like oh but I don't want to be librarian you know <laughs> I don't want to be the lesbian nurse because I got told I'd be the lesbian nurse at one point and I'm just like why do I have to be a lesbian like why are you putting like a sexuality on me why can't I just be like whatever like why does it matter um and now looking back I'm like you know what I feel like if I'd embraced some of that earlier and actually yeah. known exactly like because it wasn't like a one-off time that people said these things to me and I'm Why? just like I feel like I've kind of wasted a bit of time not embracing those things and right. I'm like librarians still get good roles and more interesting more interesting because it's librarian that's got the secret or it's the librarian that finds out something interesting exactly and the librarian who watches everybody and kind of knows everything and I'm just like so now I've kind of figured out that part of the casting and I'm just like okay so I kind of lean into certain things and I'm just like you know what it will happen when it happens the right role will arrive and then I feel like once that happens and it happens for, for you tomorrow, for like anybody. I feel like once that happens, I'm just like, oh, now you're in the door. And now the 100%. whole thing opens up. Do you think like that will happen? But you, so the industry is really flaky and there's a uh-huh. lot of rejection. We know that that's not in yeah. secret. And I don't know about you, but as a as a as a human being we've all got our own insecurities now oh, yeah. as a performer you've got your insecurities plus everyone going there they're close but no cigar or you know well you don't oh, yeah. love to do you're like i'm always you know always bridesmaid aren't you never the bride <laughs> and it's like or, or, or like i'm always like about you but i'm always like the nearly girl well you nearly got there yeah i didn't really get there <laughs> it's wildly frustrating because you're like well how come they did That's yeah true. um and and you you I don't know. You you question yourself a lot, kind of go, oh. am I okay at this or am I just really shit? And someone's kind of yeah. gone, I'm not being funny, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you want someone around and kind of go, can I just be really honest with you? Just no. Just no. It's really, it's so funny because before I moved to LA for the first time, I was only coming here for eight weeks to do this course and just mm-hmm. to see if I liked it and just to get away from London and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And then... I was with a friend from university. We were in Camden Lock and we were sitting mm. down for lunch. And I told him, I was just like, oh, just FYI, Barry, I'm actually going to be moving to LA for just eight weeks just to do this course. If mm. <laughs> his reaction, he was so, first of all, he was very fucking dramatic. It was really annoying because he <laughs> slammed his hands down on the table. Then he put his head down on the table and then he started laughing and he reared his head up, like pissing himself laughing. And he was like, Lindsay, you're not Catherine Zeta-Jones. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like um, well, thanks, Barry. Firstly, I'm very aware I'm not Catherine Zeta-Jones. Secondly, I've never pretended to be. And I'm just like, why would that come into your head? And then he was just like, you're never going to get anywhere, blah, 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 blah. And he just like went onto this rampage of being really Strange. negative. I, he was very, very like upset just with his life in general. But you know, when you're just like, right, thank you. Got it. I just think, I don't know. I just think some people get so like weirdly, I don't know if he was like jealous that I was getting out mm. for a little bit 
because mm. I just he was living in a place that he didn't want to be living in. He mm. wasn't happy where he was living. He was back with his parents. He just well, he wasn't happy. Mm. So I mm. get I get that he was projecting. But you know when you just say hmm, <laughs> maybe that was him trying to tell me no. <laughs> okay, I see what you mean. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like even even still I'm just like why would I give a shit what you yeah. say or think? Like, yeah, yeah, because everyone's got their own agendas unless they're really genuine and then you do want someone to kind of go listen. Yeah, if you're genuine and you're like, look, mate, but he wasn't, you know what I mean? Like he was just really unhappy and had to project his unhappiness. But that's but, completely, so you know that. Like yeah. you know he's got baggage and so that he's being projected onto you rather than kind of like, are you saying it because you think I'm going to fail massively? <laughs> Here's the <laughs> But I suppose, I suppose maybe because there's a, there is a little bit of that whole kind of like, oh God, an actor going to LA to make it in the movies. Oh God, yeah. I know, it's such a cliche. It's so well, yes, yes, but I mean, is it though? I mean... It's cliche for a reason, because it's fun. It's just like, do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, is it true? Like, is it is LA awash with English actors going, I really want to make it in the movie? There are a lot of British people over here right like there are a lot um but at the same time all the british people i know over here work really fucking hard and one lady i know just she's i think she's been here for maybe 12 or 13 years and she's recently just got her really big break and i'm just like oh there you go because she's worked her fucking ass off so a friend of mine is um uh, a kind of an older-ish actor and he wasn't really doing very much here and he was kind of kind of flirting with it you know and but he had like a proper job he was like being a journalist da 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 mm-hmm. married an American woman and she lived here for a bit decided yeah I don't want to live in London anymore let's go back to to, to the States and he was like okay and he just thought you know what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my big shot you know if I don't do it I won't yeah they moved to Atlanta actually they didn't move to LA because they felt oh, Atlanta's like- just like LA it's like busy as fuck down there he said he thought, you know what, it it might be advantageous to be in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, bugger me, he's working loads. Yeah. He is working loads, loads yeah. and loads and loads. And he's got a very specific look, yes. Mm-hmm. But like I see him all the time, and he's like, he he couldn't he couldn't get a job here in London. He could yeah. not get a, a he could not get an audition whereas in LA and in Atlanta he's he's doing all right now it could be for a myriad of reasons but you know someone's got to work I suppose well Atlanta is a really it's only in probably in the past I'm gonna say six seven years yeah it's really started to like kick off but I feel like a lot of people got in there early like I know a lot of people who went there in that time and got agents and blah 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 um and it's just, there's so much work down there because of the tax break and all that sort of stuff that goes on. Um, and so, yeah, it is like a, another little version of LA. Yeah, he's, he's doing all right. And yeah. I think, I mean, we'll have to see what happens in London. I, I don't, it's, it's, I mean, the pandemic obviously yeah. has been a little tricky to say the least. Um, I did my last bit of filming a year ago and I've got my first bit of filming tomorrow so 
it's it's corporate it's a little corporate for a company that I worked with before that got in touch and was like do you want to do this half day's work little corporate role mm-hmm. so I think slowly 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 things will start to pick up yeah but I don't know about you but for me it's I can't even I find it hard to even get through the door it's okay being rejected but you want to get the auditions and yeah. that but for me for whatever reason is quite hard and that's why never underestimate the power of writing your own stuff and doing yeah. your own stuff and creating your own stuff it's de- there's definitely been a massive challenge for me I have literally jumped from agent to agent to agent like I when I say jump I was stable with them for like a year or like six months minimum to a year like I'm very lot and after a year I'm like okay you've literally gotten me two auditions in this time I can't that's just but that's not okay and then I had this one agent years ago and she said to me she was just like I just feel like people like your look is older than what you are like she because when when she met me she was just like oh you seem like you carry yourself older Right. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I don't know how to take that. And I was just like, oh, I'm an old soul. And she was just like, yeah, you, you seem like an old soul. And then years later, we got back in contact because I was with her for a year. And then she actually quit being an agent. And then years later, she became an agent again. We got back in contact. And she's like, now you feel like the age that I wanted you to be when I first met you. And I was just like, interesting. It's so interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely been a massive trick for me is just getting in the room. It's so difficult to get in the room. It's really hard. It's yeah. really hard. And I get, the auditions I get are commercials. So you're going in and it's, it's 30 seconds. Yeah. I do, you know. So, and I guess that's about the casting process. And it's also about, they don't want to take a risk because someone new is a risk. so if you rock up and they don't know who you are then why would I do that when I could go with that person and I know they can do it and then you know same case same casting type blah 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 blah. so that's quite hard to it's it's a barrier that's hard to sort of leap over um and we're we're all constantly doing it really we're all constantly trying to 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 open those doors but I but I don't I mean there's obviously no Unless you happen to be one of those people that get called in all the time. And there are those people. They there just people. exist. Um, the rest of us just have to kind of try a little bit harder, I suppose. It's just, it is really. And going back to like, um, I May Destroy You and like shows like that where people have, P.S. I'm so pissed off that she didn't get even nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh, like, and I'm so pissed off that normal people didn't get so much recognition. I'm like, guys, did you not watch that show? It's amazing. It's so fucking good. And the acting. Jesus. Um, But like going back to the whole creating content, I'm just like, I've seen so many people create content, Mm. even if it's like a five minute short, 10, like whatever, however long short, but the way they've got it shot, like the cinematography is just incredible. They've really just really fucking nailed everything every aspect of it and it's going to like Sundance it's going to Tribeca it's going to whatever and then from that you you're just like so many industry people are watching you do you know what I mean so I I feel like 
I know a lot of actors really turn their nose up at creating and writing because they're just like, oh, I'm not a writer. It's just like, well, fucking just. But that, that's kind of old school thought yeah. of an actor. It's like, well, good for you. But unfortunately, we don't live in those worlds. And particularly now where you can create stuff really easy. You can do it on your iPhone. You know, you oh, don't. Yeah. It's it's so different to, to, to what it used to be. And I feel like now we have to be so much more. You know, we can't just kind of yeah. go, I'm an actor. It's like. And, and what else can you do you yeah. know you've got to be the dance of monkey dance literally you've <laughs> done you choreograph you need to write the bloody music you need to, you do need that you need to be a business person you need to juggle so many different things and I yeah. think you know back in the day where it was like you know you were stuck in the silo of being like you're the actor and you're the, now you're like oh, well let yeah. work well anymore and I did a um a webinar the other day with them the BBC writers room mm-hmm and they were talking about obviously primarily from the writing side of things, but they were kind of saying exactly what you were saying, put a little five minute short together because yeah. that's your showreel of work. Yeah. You know, it's like you may never get that commission, but someone can see your vision and see what your ideas are and mm-hmm. what you say. And, and the best work comes from you and your ideas or your experiences. Oh, and, absolutely. Hands and that, that's great. You know, it could be, it could be a one minute. It could be, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I was talking to someone about this the other day. We were like, oh, let's create something, you know, for just even for a show real piece. And they we're like, should we do it as a micro short? Because it's so simple. I feel that's, you know, you, honestly, like I was, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. But yeah. recently I was thinking during lockdown, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get my friend who films. Like I know he's been really careful. We're going to shoot something. Right now it's, I'm going to wait until it calms down a bit. But at the beginning, I was just like, just trying to, get my reel just like yeah. freshened up and yeah. I was like why the fuck am I gonna bother with a five minute reel when I could turn this into like a 10-15 minute short yeah and just do that and I'm just like so I think exactly what you were just saying turning something to a micro short do it just and then fire it. it off and if it doesn't get you it doesn't matter then you go to the next thing and then you'll go to the next thing you suddenly have a body of work because the other thing they were saying as well which I think is so true is like nowadays they don't want to read treatments. They want to see visuals. Yeah. Oh, absolute proof of concepts, all that sort of stuff. Definitely. They want to be shown. So, absolutely. Don't talk, just show. And it, yeah. it's not a challenge to do it. It's mm-hmm. kind of easier than it's ever been, you know. So, and that kind of excites me. That's where I kind of want to be. I don't want to be just, I mean, yes, we can all sit and wait for the phone to ring. Mm-hmm. Um, my company will we're going to move to the next level. We're looking at working at um, using AI and AR and creating interactive digital experiences, but with a live element. And the new big thing everyone's talking about is that environmental storytelling, which is basically, and it's the stuff that we did at drum school, you go around the room, pick stuff up and go, oh, look, that leads to something. It's really simple. Um, <laughs> honestly, me, me and my friend Bernie are like, but things like that. But, but by little, little, little nibs and stuff, you can't, because someone, someone will go, that's quite interesting. I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. The, the thing that, that we took away from this thing, so there was 20 companies all talking the talk and doing the walk and like, and some of the stuff was really like, really? Yeah. I mean, that's okay. um, but it was really interesting when people were coming up to us and talking to us about our project and, you know, these are people that are like, they know what they're talking about in terms of, 
being at the arts council and yeah stuff and we were like it's just little old us creating stuff with ipads it's really nothing very exciting but people are quite impressed by that so the moment the big sweet spot is you've got kind of gaming over here and then you've got kind of drama over here when you Mm -hmm. can combine the two yeah then that's where it's people are looking for kind of new and exciting stuff and i do find that just i like for me personally just like when i've seen like because obviously on twitter there's just so many actors and so many this and and people just get really down and out about themselves and like where they're at in this industry and this and the other but then some of the people i follow like i see that they're creating stuff and i see that they're like totally on board with doing all of this yeah and i'm like that excites me then i'm just like the people that you want in your circle yeah and then i'm just like oh my god like and then there was a cinematographer who didn't think his work was very good and I've watched his reel and I was just like oh my god you're amazing and you're just like it's so crazy because I feel like a lot of people don't create don't write don't do all this stuff it's because they're so fucking scared because they don't think they're good enough they don't think like whatever they don't they just they see like an outcome before they've even like written what they wanted to do and they just see shit and I'm just like you can't can't think like that but then you get the other people on the other side that are banging on about how brilliant they are and you're just like okay yeah it's, it's amazing so that whole imposter syndrome is yeah. so so prevalent yeah people like checking themselves and being like oh I don't know can I do this I'm not I don't know I don't know yeah but but it's exciting as well I don't know if, if you found this as well like occasionally you'll hook up with someone that you worked with maybe five years ago mm-hmm. and, oh, and, yeah. you're doing, and then they'll ask you to do something and, and that's really really joyful I think was when mm-hmm. you kind of make those connections and stuff like because you never and I suppose that's the exciting thing about this industry is that you never know you never know what will happen mm-hmm and, and I'm not saying go into it with a sense of kind of right I'm out for everything I can get you know I'm gonna just just kind of milk it it's not that at all it's just those natural connections with people that yeah. you can't go oh my god let's why don't we just do something together why not you yeah. know it's, it's never been easier to do that and I think the pandemic has been quite interesting for me in that sense because I've, I've got to work with people remotely that I've never met that have worked with me for ages but you know well this person's up in Scotland that person's in you know the north of England so I've never actually met them face to face but now they're like colleagues that I work with regularly yeah and that's great it's so so interesting yeah yeah really fun yeah definitely definitely it's kind of like long may that bit continue yeah there's something that Peter Kay you know the comedian love Peter Kay more than anything it's brilliant He is just so fantastic. But there's something he said, I was watching a program of his, like his friends and colleagues were reflecting on his comedian life, comedic life and his film, like all his stand up and stuff. And I can't remember if he said it or one of the friends said it, because it was probably about seven years I saw this, seven years ago. But they said that he was just like, even if you think it's shit, just do it, just film it just create it because even if it is shit you're going to go on to the next thing and you're going to make it better that's better and it's going to keep getting better and you want to look back at the stuff you first did and be like oh look how far I've come and so that really stuck with me and I'm just like you know what I'm gonna put some stuff out there 
And even if it doesn't work, I kind of don't give a fuck. I kind of want it to fail because if it fails, I'm just like, okay, I've learned from that. And you keep growing and you keep growing. But if you don't put it out there, you're not going to grow. You're not going to have that whole experience. Like all of that Peter K stuff, like when you look at where it started with that Peter K thing and those characters developed into Phoenix Nights. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. You have to. And, And... We've got no reason not to, you know, there's everything. So we did this project last year and me and Bernie were like, it was shit, it was shit, it was shit, but we've learned from it. Mm -hmm. Um, At the start of lockdown, I was a bit kind of, what am I going to do? I don't know if I've got business. I just don't know. So I created something specifically for lockdown, Mm -hmm. which I've actually then marketed to the corporate market. But it also... I took from that things that really worked. So essentially it was a series of actors recording stuff because the idea that it was everyone was a suspect in this murder case. So you found out all this stuff. And so the actors could self-record. Mm-hmm. I lost her and she was a really good mate of mine or, you know, I had an affair with her. Yeah. And then we interspersed that with live feeds of actors and stuff. And then you say, well, that wasn't brilliant. I mean, we did it in a couple of days over lockdown. But from that, we can now go, well, that was good. That yeah. was a bit shit. That was good. So you start sort of going, mm-hmm. well, that really didn't work. Oh no, that's part but, of the process. Totally, yeah. and that's really exciting. Yeah. And if we can do it in lockdown, then fucking hell, think what you could do after. I know it's a little bit scary going out of it, isn't it? It's the big wild world again. <gasps> oh. It's exciting though, and I think that if 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 you keep the attitude that you know you and I have got, then yeah. we'll keep creating. I think once you get jaded, once you get bored. Once you get tired, mm-hmm. quit. That's, that's, but that's when you just need to take a break and just hit a reset and know that taking breaks is fine. Because if you quit, then you, it's just like, you've just put in so much work and you've just let all that work go. If you just well, take a break, it. it's like, okay, I just need to chill for a couple of months and just fucking meditate or whatever shit you're going to do. Do whatever you need to do, wherever you know it is. I mean? Just go and do it and come back. The good thing about it is you can come to this at any age. You can be, you know, 80 years old and and still, you know, go for all different stuff. But it's all, you know, it's it's um it's exciting times, I guess. And I think it is exciting. It's all about the change as well, like not getting rut. And I think like from what you said as well, like creating your own stuff, you won't get into a rut because you're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. When the phone doesn't ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the phone never fucking rings on me. At one point, I was thinking about <laughs> ringing my agent to kind of go, do you know I am still alive? I, I don't have COVID. I, I, I'm here. Hello. Um, but- just really quickly, I, I actually, I'm not, I don't think I'm still with this agency because I've just, after this experience, I kind of, in my head, took <laughs> them off all my stuff. But oh, he called me just being like, oh, just checking in. Um, he hasn't got me a, a single audition since COVID, which is fine because I'm not, not going to work through COVID. Um, but my agent who is in the company, she was my main contact. She was the one who brought me on. She actually died of COVID last May. She? I, I didn't find out until November. And it's only because I went through the agent rabbit hole of Googling agents that I found out. And so that's when I was just like, okay, I'm done with this agency. It's a fucking joke. I was just like, if you can't even tell me that my agent has died, 
it was just like I'm laughing because I'm still so like what the fuck yeah I thought I hadn't heard from her for a while I was dead and I'd emailed her multiple times just checking in making sure she was okay just like because you know and then I was just like oh it's fine because she doesn't usually like if I emailed her before just saying oh can you submit me for this or whatever like it would take her a while to get back to me and I didn't I was just like okay that's fine she's busy but after a couple of months I'm like um this seems a bit much so yeah so there are a lot of shit agents out in LA not shit agents but like agents who I don't want to be like that negative person but just agencies who don't care about you you know what I mean you just are like they just want as many actors on their books as possible because it looks makes them look good and it's just like well it kind of doesn't make you look good because I don't know you whatever. don't want to be you don't want to be there at like one of 50 and never getting a job or one of 200 one of 200 Fucking or one of the dead I mean that's yeah. like the world isn't it I haven't heard from an agent because they're dead <laughs> these are the reasons you wasn't getting any auditions I suppose I know <laughs> I was like fucking hell I mean that's <sighs> extreme that's extreme I mean you know but like yeah I mean my agent is is I don't even know I mean they could be dead I don't know actually no, <laughs> Oh no, I'm worried. I'm like they're probably dead. Um, <gasps> yeah, it's all good though. I mean, it's it'll be it is interesting to see what will happen in the next couple of months with the the lockdown easing and yeah. things being and. Well, I'm really excited to see what happens with you and what happens with your company mm-hmm. and like outside yeah. of the company, all your acting stuff. So you know, I think what, it's going to be good. Whatever, yeah. will, whatever will be, will be exactly. And tomorrow's absolutely right. Whatever will be, will be. So guys, just chill out. Create your own stuff if you can. Get some friends together. Shoot a scene for a showreel. Turn it into a short film. Who knows where that could lead you. Uh, Thank you again, tomorrow for being on the show. I appreciate that. And join us for next week's show of Tea Time with Lens. Bye.